believers in Christ, you have a hunger and thirst for more of the Lord. And we're living in a day and age where we need a move of the Holy Spirit. We need God in our lives more than ever before. We need his voice to be heard. We need his spirit to be received. We need his truth to be lived out. And I just want you to know that it's been said before with everything that's going on in our world, that whether it comes from the church or maybe your own business, uh, this applies to all of us, that this, this pandemic and this season of life that we're in is not a pause button. We didn't put a pause button on and we're just waiting to go back to normal. This was a reset. God is doing a new thing. He's doing a new work. And I feel like there's a, a spirit of the prophets of old, like Isaiah. I'm reading Isaiah right now. And Isaiah was speaking to a group of people who were, they were captives. They were, they had left their homes. They had left all sense of, of normality. It was gone. It was behind them. And they really didn't have anything to look forward to except the Lord. And the Lord is working in our lives. And I just want you to know that I am, I'm the type of individual that wants to get going and I want to do things and I, I want the ball to get rolling. But I, more than ever before, I just want to be in tune with what God is doing. And I'm hungering and thirsting for God. And I believe this morning is, is a part of what God is doing in our lives as we continue to talk about embracing our community. I just wanted to share with you that I'm embracing what God is doing. And I'm going to be patient. I'm going to wait upon the Lord. And in that, I know our strength will be renewed. And the purpose is going to be renewed. And our strength is going to be renewed. And our passion and compassion, as I shared with you last week, it's going to be renewed. I hope your, your desire through this is to make sure your bank account's safe. I hope that's not your desire. I hope your thought process is, well, I don't know about our future financial plans or, or our business or what's going to happen to our economy, but I hope that there's a hunger and thirst for, Lord, what are you doing? And I want to get on board with what you're doing. And so this morning, I do want to stick to our message. I want to stick to what God has been speaking to my heart. And I want to go back to Luke chapter 10 again. I, this was the, the scripture verse that I read to you. And I want to read it to you again. I have one point, And then I have a friend of ours that I want to come. And, and she's going to share with the ministry that she's doing that we're going to continue to do with her. But from Luke chapter 10 and verse 30 again, here's the story of what we call the Good Samaritan. In verse 30, it says, Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. 
Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, Take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. This is what I know God is doing, and this is what I know God is calling us to. God is calling us to walk down the valleys of life and to see the broken people around us, and he's asking us to soothe their problems. I know that without a doubt. I don't have to pray about it. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to plan for it. I want you to have the same heart. God has called us like never before to look for the people who have been left half dead by society. And it might be a little bit hard to find them because they drive nice cars and they live in nice homes and they still have their jobs. But they are spiritually half dead. And God has called you and I to reach out to them and sue them through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the truth of God's word, the word that you should be reading every day of your life. The truth that sets the captive free. The truth that brings healing to people's lives. That is what God wants us doing. Sharing and giving the truth of the gospel. God has called you to love one another. And by loving, he's not called us just to look at people. But he's called us to go after and come alongside them. You may be at home right now. But I want you to know that God has called you to help people in need. And as I look at the good Samaritan, the Bible says he was a despised Samaritan. And there is no doubt about it that Samaritans were pushed out of society. Think about this. Think about if somebody pushed you out into the country, pushed you away from health care, pushed you out of uh, receiving uh, basic necessities like food, pushing you out so that you, you, uh, you were left out there to fend for yourself. And that's what this Samaritan was. He was a despised individual. So what Jesus is doing here, he's exaggerating the point that you and I, even if we're going through a difficulty, even though we're going through a hard time, even though we may not, our life isn't all perfect right now, even if our bank account isn't where we want it to be, God, Jesus was making the point that nobody is without excuse for helping others. That actually through our problems and through our difficulties, we have a louder voice. Do you know that today? Do you know that if you're going through a tough time, that your voice can be louder? Your truth can be clearer? I know that for a fact. I know when I'm talking to Michelle, what she says to me is very clear. Her faith in Christ is very clear. Her truth that she declares is very clear. When you are going through a difficulty in life, you don't have to push it out. You can embrace it because your love becomes stronger. Your faith becomes deeper. And for this despised Samaritan, he was helping them. And he had no excuse not to help them. And I want you to hear a voice of somebody who has gone through a tough time. I know many of you know Terry Borders' story. You've heard it before, but I, I've, I've only heard a little bit, so bear with me because I want to hear a little bit of it again, and I want to hear what she's doing. But this is somebody who had every right, just like the Samaritan, to throw the towel in. Oh, 
My life's not going the way I planned to go. I think I'm going to sit this one out. But instead of sitting it out, she dug in deeper. She got more involved. She did more. She said, God, what else can I do? It was her pain that gave her great purpose. And I want us to receive that today. So, Terry, I want you to come up, and I want you to take about 15 minutes. She's going to share again some of her, her message and the story that some of you are familiar with. And if you're online, if you've never heard her story, she's going to share that with you. But let's welcome Terry again. Yes. good as they used to be. Sorry, I'm a little taller. Good morning. I'm Terry O'Neill Borders. For uh, those of you who are just meeting me, I've been blessed to be in this corner of the world for the past 26 years and run a nonprofit foundation, Hope and Friendship, for the past 15 and for the past 10 to be among the Calvary family, loving and learning with you. Uh, that voice, have you ever heard that voice that you didn't want to hear? It says rerouting. Do you know that when you're lost? Um, it's something we don't want to hear, but it tells us to get back on our path. Fifteen years ago, my life was rerouted, and God uh, guided me to refocus on things that I hadn't seen. I was walking right by. My heart was broken when my father was moving through and gone from his battle of metastatic melanoma to the pain-free peace of being welcomed in to the one whom him and my mother had taught us that that was where we wanted to be. In his final days as he struggled to hold off death, he doubted whether he followed his path well enough. I was blessed to be one of the voices to remind him that he was the man who weaved into our foundation the power of the St. Francis prayer, the serenity prayer, 12-stepping, and he daily demonstrated to us the actions of the Good Samaritan and taught us that's what we were supposed to imitate. From that pain, my eyes were opened to reach out to needs around me that I had just blatantly overlooked. Having also had become recently a single mother, I was educated to the quick, fast difference from those homes that have much to those homes that struggle to fill voids. I prayed to be moved to where he wanted me to move and work through me as he wanted to do. And if you've ever truly asked that, buckle up, because he's going to do it. Hope and Friendship Foundation was therapy for me. It was a legacy to honor my father and an act of outreach allowing God to move through myself and my kids to be the conduit between those that needed help and those that could help. Over 15 years, I've witnessed God connecting those dots and in uniting a beautiful army of walking angels right here. In Deuteronomy 15, 11, it tells us, there will always be poor people in your land. So I'm commanding you to give freely to those who are poor and needy in your land. Open your hands to them. Poor and needy is something we clearly see as we drive through Chicago or listen to any overseas missionary who could, how could we possibly have needs here? Does need have a scale? that makes you move to help it or pass by it? Does God have the same scale to meet needs that you do? Is one person's prayer more audible than another's? 
In 1 John 5, 14, he tells us, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us, all of us. When you drive through Lamont, what do you see between Starbucks and La Dolce Vita? I have seen God work so beautifully to meet needs and respond to prayers in this corner of the world, my friends. Therefore, I tell you, he truly does feel that the needs here are worth his time, energy, mercy, and grace. So should we. I have witnessed countless miracles of the mashed potatoes over the last 15 years. Christmas Day 2009 was our fifth Christmas dinner giving. The number of those who have humbly allowed us to come to their home and deliver a Christmas dinner had grown, and so had the number of those donating the meat, potatoes, and pie to make those meals possible. One of my friends was helping me complete packing the boxes to be delivered. He will tell you that he's a skeptic of faith and a counterbalance to my unwavering belief. We had finished packing every donation that had come through and put them in the box according to how many we were supposed to feed per household. On the final check, it was clear we were missing mashed potatoes for 15 of those boxes. This was dinner for homes that were struggling in a storm, and they were allowing us to bring a meal to them. I wanted it to be the best. This dinner was going to be their light. There's, it was, I wasn't going to set anything less than perfect, but as the serenity prayer tells us, I didn't have control over that. I had told him that we have to trust this would be enough. I told him that I would trust that God would take this gift and make it enough for this household that we go to. I could tell by his eye roll that he agreed with me. <laughs> uh, I was truly disappointed though. My Irish roots were mourning the fact that some people wouldn't have potatoes with this meal. At that moment, as I had just finished closing the boxes, a woman came frantically rushing in, and she was apologizing for being late. She had had trouble preparing and packaging what she was bringing to us. She put her box down, and on the table, she started unloading 15 containers of mashed potatoes. I looked at him, and I gave the most obnoxious, see, God has this, smile. I have that same glow, and I'm blessed to witness God move to the widow whose five kids, one of those, the girl wanted the $100 gap coat. It was unaffordable to this household. But it was found in the bags of teen clothings that were given by an unsuspecting friend of the surplus from their home. A car was offered to me as a donation. I hadn't had a request for one, uh, but yet a week later, Julie called me from the office and somebody who had attended Calvary was being hit hard with a two-income family reduced to one because of a car breakdown. So that car wound up being, I delivered that car over there, and then someone had donated money to meet a need, and that paid for the fees that would go with that. I was blessed to befriend a widow who was raising her grandson. Earlier in the year, he had found his mother dead of an overdose. The needs were massive in that house. My 3 a.m. idea of doing mission work on Saturdays here in our community was met with favor by my dear friend, Pastor Stephen. The first house we went to eight years ago was her house. We finished in four hours, which would have taken an army of landscapers to take a week to do. Neighbors saw us in action and came over and brought tools and more hands to help us do it. Her and her grandson came out and helped us and never stopped speaking of that day that an army of friends showed up and gave them love and light. 
Years ago, Pastor Jim invited me to give five Christmas gifts to people in our community that were struggling. One of those I chose was a Vietnam veteran I had befriended whose wife was battling cancer, all while he fought repeatedly for his benefits, including health care. They were being denied. His wish was a simple TV for the bedroom so that she could relax and rest and have TV to keep her going through her day. That wish was granted. He never forgot that gift and or that wish, and he walked into church with me 45 years after have given up on church and God. He was later baptized by Pastor Jim, and within a few years, he met his wife and married here at Calvary Church, the unconditionally loving church that met him in his storm. Each year, I ask for donations of prom dresses, and we set up a giveaway. We received a wedding dress donation one year. We kind of chuckled about it and didn't know if we should put it out, but we did. One of our volunteers uh, had mentioned that she was getting married that year but couldn't afford a dress. The dress fit perfectly, and it was the dress she wore on her wedding day. The mom arrived with her children at the winter clothing giveaway, hoping to find clothes for her sons to go to their grandfather's funeral. She couldn't afford even daily clothes, so dress clothes they're only going to wear once was out of the budget. She found the dress shirts, pants, and shoes all perfectly sized for all four of her sons so that they could respectfully go and, and, and give their last respects to their grandfather. She wrote the most beautiful email expressing how blessed she felt by such an unexpected small gift that meant a lot to her. In Luke 3.11, John says, anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none. And if anyone has food, they should do the same. I had to deliver a death notice to a set of parents it was the death of their 19-year-old son in a car accident three hours away. The father leaned across the table to me, and he said, I'm done with your God. I told him that I would drive them to there, or they could give me a name of a friend, but I wasn't going to let them drive. They had one friend they said they'd call, uh, and she wound up being a friend of mine, a mutual friend as well, a retired state trooper. I knew she was the only one in this whole community that would be able to handle that drive, and speak to the deputies and get the answers that they would need to help them through this moment. As she came in the door, I told her, I said, Dad said he's done with God, but you being called to their aid shows me God's not done with them. There's a mom in town here that died of an aneurysm, leaving behind her husband and six kids, ages 3 to 13 years of age. I told the responding officer, that if the father needed anything, to give him my phone number and my phone rang that same afternoon. I met the family, and I promised that I would provide a meal every night for as long as we could. They were also hoping it wasn't me cooking it, but it wound up that <laughs> that next night, I picked up a meal from someone in town and delivered it to their home, and I did that from the beginning of December all the way till the end of June when their school was over. They had a home-cooked meal in their home every single night from the generosity of friends they'd never meet, but it gave them comfort in a time that they wouldn't have got through. Evan, 11 weeks of relief deliveries began the day the schools closed this past March. I wanted to make sure that the free and reduced lunch students and pantry families had enough basic needs. Each week, I laid out boxes blindly based on those that asked for help, 35 to 45 for 77 days. There was not one week those boxes were not full. They had things in them that were being asked for without me even telling you. Over 200 households were helped during that shutdown. Things of water, diapers, 
shampoo, favorite cereal brands, formula, even cat litter, all was met in those needs. In Matthew 25, we're told, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you or sick and in prison and go to visit you? The king replied, truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. The miracle of mashed potatoes has been my board's code word for many moments that we can see what we're doing is bigger than our planning. We can only hope to simply be a conduit of love and enjoy witnessing it as it happens. I recently recoined this as God hugs. There are so many over the past 15 years, though, that have challenged me by asking, how do you know they're in need? If they live here, they must be doing something wrong to be experiencing these struggles. Why don't they just get a job or get a better job? After a Mission Stay Saturday just this past summer, I was emailed by a neighbor, one of the homes we helped. Uh, they had told me they were very disappointed in me for helping this family. This was a renter's house. They were not homeowners, and I shouldn't have helped them because there was plenty of people in that house that could do that yard work. The person emailed asked me to remove them from the Hope and Friendship email list. They no longer wanted to support the foundation. Jesus did not discriminate the people he took time with. He stopped along the path many times to talk and interact with touch those around him. He ate dinner with sinners and tax collectors. He even ate with the ones that didn't wash their hands right. Jesus taught me that everyone has worth. Everyone has a story. Everyone deserves to be treated with grace, mercy, and love. God will sort out the rest. I knew that house full of renters and I knew they were experiencing severe health issues. I happened to have a slot that day and called last minute. I didn't know about the broken mower, but God did. We were able to come there, help conquer what they weren't able to conquer, and then somebody here with us fixed their mower. Need is not transferable, unfortunately, sometimes. Need does not discriminate or avoid the good and hardworking people, homeowner or renter, Fully employed, underemployed, or unemployed. Need is an unbiased life flow that unexpectedly arrives forcefully and heartlessly at the door of a $900 a month apartment on Short Street as it does at a $600,000 house on 127th Street. There's a small degree of separation between those who are able to help and those that need help. I have witnessed homes and families be flipped from one side to the other. They have humbly accepted the same unjudgmental and unconditional hand of a friend that they've offered in the past. When they step forward being able to help again in the future, they do so with a newfound life lesson of how any need can happen quickly and spin a household into survival mode. One of my least favorite cliches is God will not give you more than you can handle. I have delivered many a death notice and sat next to shell-shocked family members and hear a well-meaning friend or family member tell that to them in their worst moment. I have to speak up 
and offer that God does not give you this pain. It is more than you can handle. I have seen in these moments that God sends in the reinforcement to surround you and to walk with you through this storm. Those that allow him to move them into place become that support system. You become the person that is able to help the brother or sister in need. Whether you know them or you respond to an unconditional call out to meet that need. We become the manner in which that person can handle this portion of their walk. I've witnessed this in the unconditional, demonstrated through numerous miracles, mashed potatoes, and God hugs. Are you asking God to work through you to meet his needs and answer the 2 a.m. prayers that he hears? As you drive through this community or whatever community you drive through, are you looking for the person asking for coins as need? Because I can tell you in all those households along the way, there are some struggling right now with at-home learning, trying to meet the basic needs of the kids with foods, papers, educational demands, and while they're trying to earn their much-needed income so that they don't become homeless. There are those that have been delivered the news of a health battle that they now must enter, the two-income households that are immediately become one-income households. They are going to be reduced. The ones that are working are common jobs, are, are minimum income jobs that have had reduced hours now because of the pandemic and will be reduced again if it continues to hover over us. We have so many children here that need a mentor, so many that need to hear the voice of positivity because the negative voices are drowning out God. But they need to hear you, your voice, so that you will become the conduit of love, grace, and mercy that he wants to put here in this corner. I wake every single morning, and the first and foremost thing is I thank God for that day. And then I thank him for my husband and my family. But then I ask him to guide me every single morning, work through me, and allow me to spread the love and light that you want to see in his, within my walk. Lord, help me to have the courage to be the instrument of peace and love and be the change we so desperately need right now and right here. Break my heart for what breaks yours, God. At the end of every day, I thank him for the path he's put me on. Ask him for forgiveness of my shortcomings and stubbornness. And you can ask my husband, that is one of those obnoxious German-Irish traits. I ask God to fill me with wisdom, strength and courage, love and peace so that I can continue to refocus and reroute myself on the path every time I step off. I pray you'll have the courage to be the instrument of peace and that you will change this world as it needs to be changed and it so desperately needs you. Touching every other corner of the world once we can fix this one and uniting under his standards of grace and mercy. I am highly distractible and lose focus often, like that squirrel over there. <laughs> I, uh, I work well with reminders. And if you do, I've made up some sheets that I have in the lobby. On one side is the serenity prayer, and the other side is the prayer of St. Francis. I also have WWJD bracelets that I use to remind me to stay on focus and to stay on what he's calling me to. Hopefully it'll help you too. And I hope it helps you continue and refocus and reroute yourself to stay on the path that God purposely placed you on and to bring his love and light to all by his standards, not by man's. If you wish to keep up on the outreaches that we're doing here uh, for Hope and Friendship, there's contact cards and there's stickers and um, 
business cards. You can ask me to be on email list. You can email and tell me to take you off the email list, and I'll do that as well. So I just want to wish you peace and love. I want to thank Pastor Sid for bringing me up here, and I wish you to have the courage to be the instrument of his peace, my friends. Thank you, and may God bless you forever and always. Wow, what a powerful message. I've committed to Terry that she can count on us for all of her outreach programs and events that she's doing. I will say this, uh, I have to be mean, or not mean, I have to be tough once in a while, but we had the unbirthday party here, and I was hoping for more volunteers from our church. We didn't get that, but that's okay. That was our, our first go at it. That was my first go at it. And I want you to know from here on out, will you help me to live up to that commitment that we're making to Terry? That if she, and she's, she has events coming up, and we're going to support those events. And I pray I won't have to prime the pump too hard. But as soon as we mention it, as soon as we begin to promote it, you're there. And you're going to help. And we're going to have a representation from this church. She's, a, she's, she's one of us. She's in our family. So how can we not support it? How can we not support our sister? So please, in the future, join with me and let's have great turnouts with what she's doing in her events that we're going to be doing. And I'm looking forward to that. Now, here's the encouragement. Terry's one person. And I was trying to add up all of the people that she was touching through her life and I started losing track. I should have got my calculator out, but I didn't. It was a lot of people. One person is touching. One person that's willing to open up their life. Can, the, can things turn around in America? Can, we over, can love truly conquer hate in America? Can we really see the news being good news instead of horrible news? Can we really see miracles taking place and schools being uh, filled with hope again and your job places having great purpose again? Can we really see America being the bright, shining star that it's always been in this world? When I listen to Terry, I say, yes, it absolutely can. I have hope. I have expectation. And I have belief today that you're not going to just be curious people. But you're going to be people of compassion saying, here I am. I want to do something, Lord. And, and I just, would you stand with me this morning? We want to have a time and they're going to, Jeremy and Tara are going to sing this song of, of just committing ourselves and coming to the altar again. And, and I just want you to open up your heart. Let's just sing that one time through. Let us all just bring our lives to the Lord again. Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin? Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling. to the altar the father's arms are open wide 
God declares that we can be a living sacrifice. We can be alive. And may we be alive this week. May our eyes be open this week to look beyond our jobs, to look beyond our to-do list, to look beyond our problems, and may we see people in need. And now, God, I proclaim and bless each one here, each one online, to be a blessing to somebody else to be a blessing to those who are hurting. Lord, that you would even speak to our lives and we may talk to somebody who doesn't look like they're hurting, but the Spirit of God is going to give us a word for them. The Spirit of God is going to give us a, a love inside of us to give to them. Lord, may we be ready to take time for people. May we be ready to sacrifice what we want to do even today, Lord. Maybe we have today all planned out. But God, what greater joy than we could have is that you would come and take away our plans for your plan. May we touch lives this week. May we help people this week. May we do something out of the ordinary this week. May we do something out of our normal program schedule this week. Help us, God pray blessing upon each one, and I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us online. We will see you next week online.